0: Man, I uh, want to thank you guys. This, here we are right in the Christmas season. So exciting. All, you know, you're going to go into debt. It's fantastic. All right? I'm going to get into that. trust me. We're going to get into that in just a minute, all right? Uh, but uh, when it, I told you I was going to touch again on the giving tree out here. This is a great ministry that our church gets to be a part of. I know we, we do ask a lot. We ask a lot, and, and I'm not going to be bashful about that. I believe it's our responsibility as the church. As the early church did in Acts chapter 2. And that is to take the message of Christ. In manners that are just unconditional. In manners that are just not lined up maybe with saying the word of God. But doing in acts of kindness. And that is our responsibility. And so I'm asking you to please as you leave. If you haven't already taken one. If you can go by that giving tree and find a tag. You know there's going to be a lot of children that are going to be blessed by this. A lot of families. And I don't know about you but... You know, Christmas morning, I get up and, and I sit there with my boys, and it's not about what I have under there, it's about what they have. And I want to make sure that there's some kids that have some really cool things. So help us out with that. Amen? Absolutely. Speaking of kids and things. last Sunday, my wife had this great idea. church was done, and we were going to go, and we, well, let me backtrack. Saturday I think no, 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 let me backtrack further. Friday. My wife had this idea, we're going to go get a tree. Okay, cool, we're going to go get a tree. And let me, let me give you an example here of what happened last year when we went to go get a tree. She had this bright idea, we were going to go get a tree, we are going to go to this farm up in Maryland. We were going to cut this tree down. We are going to bring it back, and we were going to put it up, and it was going to be the, the great one of them great family moments. You, you know what I'm talking about? Warm, fuzzy Hallmark Channel. You know, Hallmark Channel, some of you have done watched 17 movies by now, okay? So last year, and you got to understand what happened last year so you can understand what happens this year. Last year we go, and, and it, you know, it was me, the boys, Kyle, and his girlfriend Ashley, and, and, and Andrea, of course. And we're at this farm. I'm fighting it the whole way. Why can't we just go get an artificial tree? It can last for years and years and years and years and years. Did I win? No, I, I did not win. Everyone else wanted to do this but me. So we go and, and, and we go to this farm and, and we're sitting there and we're walking up and down the aisles of these freshly amazing trees, supposedly. Well, there wasn't one good tree in the bunch. Not one single good tree. And, and so Andrea goes, well, you know, she had to leave for a moment with Caden, I think to take him to the restroom or something. And me and Kyle come up on this mammoth tree and we're looking at it. And Kyle goes, you know what? I think if we just cut the top out, we can be all right. And in my mind, I'm going, well, the plan is as soon as we leave here, we get to go to Olive Garden. So let's make this happen, Kyle. Next, there's a guy a couple rows over, and I hear him start a chainsaw. And I'm like, perfect. Because they give you this little saw, you know, it's whatever. I'm trying to get this thing done before she gets back. All right. So she's gone. And so Kyle gets this guy to come over, and he cuts the, the top of this tree out for us. It falls over. We, me and Kyle thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And we told, Andrea comes back, and I could tell she was some displeasure in her content, you know, her character, you know. It wasn't looking good, okay? And uh, so she comes up, and she's like, oh, you picked the tree out without me, huh? And I was, like, I was like, oh, man, I'm in trouble now. I said, but listen, it's beautiful. It's fantastic. She's not in here right now, okay? But it's beautiful, and it's fan- you're going to love this tree. So we, we take it, we throw it in the back of my truck. We went to Olive Garden, all right? Got my way on that one. We come home, and me and Kyle bring the tree out. We bring it into the house. We set it up. It was the worst Christmas tree you could ever... It didn't look that bad when you're looking up. But when it was eye level, it had all these gaps in it. Fast forward to this year. She's like, we're not cutting a tree down this year. I'm excited. Yes, thank goodness. Because we all knew what happened last year with the tree, right? So we... We, we go on last Friday, and we say, you know, we're going to go to this place, check out their trees. We like when we're going to get it. We get there. And we liked them. Me and Andrea loved them. The boys, complete meltdown. They wanted to cut a tree down. And I'm like, I'm not giving in. No, that's not happening. on it, we came for a tree. We're leaving with the tree. Andrea says, well, now. All right, you know where that went. So we went back to the farm. And we walked up and down. They were worse this year than they were last year. And so in my mind, I'm going, oh, great. I'm going to get my way. We're going to go back to where we were, we were started, and we're going to get our tree. Well, now it's dark, and the place closed. I'm like, great. So back home we go. The boys, tears are crying. Tears are flowing. They wanted to decorate a Christmas. I'm the worst dad in the world. All right. You know the the story. You know how it all all is, right? So we we get home and we say, you know what? Sunday after church, boys, we're going to go back up and we're going to get our tree. Okay. Okay. So here we are. We're driving back up. No, no, no. no, My neighbor got involved now. We come home from church Sunday. I get changed boys are changed. We're, get, we're getting in the truck so we can load the tree up. My neighbor says, where are you going? So we're going to go get a tree. We're going to get it at. I told him where I'm going to get it at. Oh, okay. Well, what would you do last year? Well, I went and cut a tree down at this one farm. Oh, that's the horrible one to go to. Well, what do you mean it's the horrible you got to go to this other farm. I'm like, uh, and who's hearing it? <laughs> yeah. All right. Up the road we go, and we come to the place where we were going to get the tree originally. And I'm ready to pull in, and here we go again. I want to cut a tree down. I want to, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be the worst Christmas, you know? That are you following me? Christmas is supposed to be joyful, right? How about you know you get a week into the season, you're like, is it over yet? All right, that's where I'm at. So (laughs) that is where I'm at right now, right? So we we needless to say, we go to the next farm. We pull in, and they're great trees. They look beautiful, and. You know, we're, we're walking down the aisles of the trees, and we found one. And it was like, you know, you know about seven foot tall, and, and so it appeared, okay? So we get there, and I didn't have a chainsaw, so I had to actually, you know, saw this tree down. And so I saw the tree down, and then what I didn't realize is when you saw the tree down, then you give it to them, and then they dress it for you. This place does anyway. Then they trim more of it off. The tree is in our living room, this high. Are you following me? I'm done with cutting trees down. We need a Christmas survival gear in our lives, all right? And that's what we're going to get into. But let's finish the story. We cut our tree down. So then we go, you know what? Let's go to the mall. She wanted to go to the mall for something. I don't know what she wanted. Go to the mall Christmas time. That's just, you just it's, not going to, it's not working out for you. So we get there and, and she's like, let's let the boys go see Santa Claus. Okay, sure, let's let the boys go. That can't be bad, you know? So we go over there, and all the other years, Caden has meltdowns every time he sees Santa. This year, he didn't. He ran right up to him. I thought it was fantastic. And so the boys are sitting there, and Santa's asking, what do you want for Christmas? And Caden tells him what he wants for Christmas. He looks at Carter, what do you want for Christmas? Carter's, I want a shotgun. <laughs> Santa looks at me like, uh-oh. And I'm going, oh, man, you know? Yeah, so... You know, Christmas is fun, right it's, it's, it's fun. it's all about making family memories it's it's all about this cool stuff, but you know we're going we're going to get right into this um, uh, series called Christmas Survival Gear and unfortunately, this season becomes a lot about surviving rather than just even getting through it. Unfortunately, it becomes a lot about just making sure that we keep our sanity rather than sometimes enjoying it and reason is is because we fall into a lot of traps when it comes to Christmas. We fall into a lot of things. A lot of, a lot of stuff takes up our time. A lot of stuff preoccupies us. My hope is that as we're going through this series that you're going to be able to enjoy this season maybe more so than you have in the past um, so that you can realign your focus on what this season truly is about rather than what we kind of make it about or what society has made it about. My hope is that Maybe that during this series you, you understand that uh, Christmas is, is more spiritual than it is uh, materialistic. It's more about what we can do for others or, rather than what others can do for us. It's more, about, um, it, it's, it's more about the gift that was given to us rather than the gift that we are wanting to receive from someone. Many times we go into the Christmas season thinking that it's something that can build you up. But often... And too many times, the season often breaks us down. It's kind of like this. We move from joy to the world to it is finished, all right? That's where I'm at right now, okay? It is finished. No, I'm just kidding. Um, unfortunately, that's how it, it becomes in our lives is we, we get so caught up in so many things, so much stuff that we truly miss the meaningful moments by giving our attention to the stuff that's rather kind of, meaningless. In other words, giving our attention to things that really don't make up the true meaning of what this season is really about. And when we allow ourselves to get caught up in the other stuff, we miss what God has for us. We, we, we tend to allow these other things to preoccupy our minds. We allow events. We allow presents. We allow family gatherings. We allow parties. We allow all these things to, to, to really, you know, occupy our minds and occupy what ...this season should truly be about. You know, we can even look at this in the sense of the very first Christmas. That there was a group of people who missed the true meaning of what they were about to be a part of. You know, I think in my mind as I've read the Christmas story... ...and you guys have read it many times. And, you know, I challenge you maybe this week... ...go ahead and read Luke chapter 2. That's, that's the Christmas story. Read that and allow that to resonate with inside of you... ...and, and make it more personal for you in your life. But... We see here just in in the the Bible itself, we we see a clear picture here in the first Christmas of how people allowed other things to take place over what the meaning of what they were about to be involved in was truly about. And kind of like the challenge that you and I are having today, that we must place our focus on what the true meaning of Christmas is. Rather than the meaning that maybe society has given it. It's so commercialized, you know. And look, I love the lights. I love decorations. I, I, I think they're, they're fabulous. And, and it, it's, I, I don't like putting them up, you know. I'm the guy that on December 26th is outside ripping everything down, you know. Trees going out, you know, boom, everything's coming down. Some of you are like, no, we keep it up to February. God bless you. All right, that's awesome. I'm glad you like that home decor. All right. But for me, I'm the guy that's like, let's bring it down because, you know, we're moving on. But, you know, I really want us to understand, I want this in your life to be the most spiritually vital Christmas that you have ever experienced or ever had. I want you to experience this season maybe like you have never done before. That, you know, you look at everything that's going on around you and you see the craziness of everything. You know, Black Friday, that happened, what, like two weeks ago? Where every, you know, all that, well, I guess you could call it Thursday even. You know what I mean? Where everything is going crazy and people are shopping. You go to the malls, people are hectic. People are stressing out. They can't get this, they can't get that. They try to order online. What happens? It's scheduled to come after Christmas. Has anybody ever been there, right? Yeah, okay. Okay, cool, one of you. Um, So you know what I'm talking about. What I really want though is for us to sit back and just go, God, what is it that you have for me for this season? Show me what it is that you want to communicate to me. Show me what it is what you have in store for my life, for my family. Put things inside of me. Maybe you want new traditions inside of my family to where we're making sure that we don't lose the true meaning of what this season is really about. Um, so we're gonna take a look at some examples from the very first Christmas that, that took place. And we're going to, the first person we're gonna take a look at here is the innkeeper. I feel kind of bad for this guy a little bit. Here's why I think he gets a, a really bad reputation here. All right? And, and, and some of you are like, what? You know, he you know, didn't have room for them. How could you think? Listen, this guy's just a business guy, he's a normal, everyday fella going about trying to provide for his family, trying to do what he needs to do. And here comes some young couple comes up, knocking on the door or whatever they did back then, or walks in and goes up to the desk and says, hey, my wife's pregnant, we need somewhere to stay. And and he's like, well, you know, I'm sorry, you know, we're, we're kind of full right now. Now, what you need to understand here is this is a busy season. You know, you think, well, yeah, Christmas is busy. No, this is the first Christmas. They didn't even know about all this other mess. What was really taking place here was the Roman government was having a census. And so here Jesus, or excuse me, Joseph and Mary, from, you know, from Nazareth, they're now going, and, and they're traveling back to Joseph's hometown or home area of Bethlehem, and so they had to travel so they could be a part of the census. So they had an obligation to do something, but it was a very busy time in that place. There's a lot, a lot of things going on, a lot of things happening. So here they come and they walk up to the door and they're like, hey, you know what? We need a room. And this guy's like, I'm sorry. You know, I I don't have the room for you. You know, you look in Luke chapter 2, verse 7 and we see this scripture here. It says that, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Basically, they come up and Say that we need the room and she's pregnant and appears to be having this baby and the innkeeper saying, I'm sorry that, you know, we don't have any vacancies. Now, what we do is we vilify him. You know, he's not saying that I'm not interested. He's not saying that because you're pregnant, I'm not going to do this. He's He's not looking at him in the manner of that. He's truly just looking at him as a business moment there. Saying, look, I just ain't got room for him. I, ain't, I don't have room for you guys. There's this, I can't be a part of it right now. I reflect on that for, for us for a moment. And, and I think we get so caught up in the busyness of stuff that maybe when God is trying to speak life into our lives, we get so caught up in what's going on around us that we're not looking at what maybe he's trying to communicate, what maybe he's trying to say, how maybe he's trying to, present it you know for for uh, joseph and mary in that moment they're they're coming to this man who who is a business owner and he just can't do it you know it's kind of like 1 plus 1 does not equal 5 you know it's impossible so for him that was an impossible moment he had no room all he could do was offering offer them the other and so Here he is, and in my opinion, this guy is vilified in the church because he's not doing what you think and I think he should have done. But he had no idea what was going on here. The problem, though, for you and I is this. We have an idea. We know that God is a God Who wants to communicate to us. We know that God is a God who is wanting to speak to us. We know that God does several ways of doing it. We looked at that in the last uh, message series. That he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. There's nowhere that you can't get away from God. That God has an inner presence inside of us. Which is meaning that the moment we accept Jesus Christ into our lives. We're allowing the Holy Spirit to be a part of us. He is inside of us. He is that nudge. He is that that, that moving. He is that still small voice that's speaking into our lives. And then we understand that God moves in another way in a sense of his manifest presence. What does that mean? That means he's physically wanting to be seen, known, and heard. And communicating to us or being a part with us. So we can understand that... Unlike this innkeeper who had no idea what he was becoming involved in, we have an idea of what's happening. But for us, it's easy to look at this story and go, man, this guy really missed a good opportunity to really treat our Savior the way he should have been treated. But then I reflect on my own life, and maybe we need to reflect, you need to reflect maybe on your life and go, but have I done the same thing? When he has come to speak to me. Have I taken on the same attitude? But what makes it worse is we already know who he is. And what he's wanting to do. And what he's wanting to say. But we kind of take on the attitude of you know what? Who cares? Who cares in that moment? I can get back to it later. I can come back to him later. He's a God who is forgiving. He's a God who is who shows grace, and he's a God who shows mercy. So if I don't have time for him right now, I can come back to him. Let me ask you this for a second. Is anyone else's life ever, do you feel like your life is going to get any more unbusy than what it is now? Think about that. I had a conversation with somebody before church this morning, and they said, well, how how are you doing? I'm busy. And I looked at him, I said, and I don't think it's ever going to stop. So what does that tell me? That means I need to slow. I need to set time away for God. I need to allow God to have some time to speak into my life and to be with me. I need not only to allow, I need to allow myself to have those moments where me and God can communicate and I don't have to worry about everything else that's going on. Because listen. And I want to drill this home for you so bad. I don't know how to. Have you ever tried to explain something and you're just like, it's just not working. That's where I feel right now. We, We know that God is wanting to be a part of our lives. But yet we still choose to allow the busyness of everything that's going on around us to proceed, to be above God and to take precedence. And that becomes a really serious problem for us. So just like the innkeeper, you are going to miss memories and moments that God can have with you because of your schedule. Parties, family gatherings, busyness of (laughs) floats. You name it, we can make an excuse for it. Shopping. Think about it. Second one group of people who really missed out during this season was the religious. I mean, think about this for a moment. God comes to earth. He gets off his throne, putting on a human body and was born. But if you were to see who was present at his birth, there were so many different groups of people at his birth. But the one group who was not represented were those of the day of those religious The ones who knew the most about his coming missed his coming. How does this happen? How do the ones who know what is about to happen miss the moment? The ones who knew for thousands of years, who taught it, who were expecting it, who were looking for it, but yet still missed it. You know, when you look at it, it's clear to see that, you know, the religious people were more focused upon their tradition. They were more focused upon the ritual than they were focused upon the actual Savior. In other words, their system, their structures took up so much attention that they actually missed his coming. So we are familiar with Christmas and that it doesn't come to us as an awe anymore comes to us as just another season that we're facing, another season that we're going to be a part of. We see the decorations. We see the nativity scenes, the songs. But the truth is, how long has it been since we have reflected about God truly coming to earth to save the sins of humanity? When is the last time that we looked at this season and, and not treated it as another gimmick or a marketing scheme. When's the last time that you took a look at this Christmas season and didn't look, think about allowing the presents and the to-do, you know, the to-do list to be on top of your agenda? And instead you stepped backwards and said, you know what? Let's allow God to be a part of this. Let's remember what God did for us. Traditions and rituals can be fine, and they can be fun, and there's no problem with them unless we allow them to interfere with how God wants to speak to us and to communicate to us and to be a part of our lives during this season. You see, we take and we put so much emphasis on one another that we forget about truly what this season is about, and that's Jesus. Sure, the community church services are great. The Christmas songs are fantastic. The parades are wonderful. The parties are are, are fabulous. All of that is wonderful, but do not lose the focus. Why? Because the religious people in that day did. But here's the thing, right? Have you ever noticed when you do something because you have to do it, Your attention upon it is very little. But when you do something because you love to do it, you're completely sold out. Think about that. Where is your attention? Is it because you have to? Or is it because you love it and you're completely sold out? My hope and my prayer this morning is that our attention is focused upon Christmas and, and when it becomes to Jesus, not because we have to, but because we are completely loving it and that we are sold out on him. You see, being sold out when it comes to Jesus is all about relationship. My Christian walk is based upon a relationship and not upon, not upon a ritual or tradition that religion brings. The problem with them is they were about the rituals and the, the traditions Because they were a religious group of people. I don't count myself as a religious group of people. I don't count us as a church, as a religious group of people. I count, I look at us and I say, you know what? We're relational. We're about a relationship when it comes to Jesus. That is when we are sold into it. That is when we are in the thick of it. And you know what? It doesn't matter what everything else is going on and what everyone else is doing and what the schedule says or the agenda says or... All of this other mess that's going on, it doesn't matter. Our focus stays upon what he wants to do in our lives. What he wants to speak into our families, to our marriages, within our homes, our circle of friendships. That should be so important to us. You know, my my biggest thing is, God, you know what? If I get nothing during this holiday season, that's fine. That's fine, as long as I have you. Because you're the greatest gift that I could ever have. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 18 said this. Their minds are in the dark. And they are stubborn. So they have missed out on the life that comes from God. We're afraid so much... That we are going to miss out. I'll be honest. I'm like that. My wife tells me that all the time. You're afraid you're going to miss everything. It's okay to miss something. You know. She's right. My hand doesn't need to be in every little thing that's happening around. And I find myself oftentimes getting so so caught up in so much stuff. That I have to step back for a moment. But the scripture says that their minds are in the dark. And they are stubborn. So they have missed out on the life that comes from God don't allow the allow all the events that are going on all the the, the scheduling everything all the, the 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 christmas programs and which they're all great I'm not I'm not saying that they're not cuz I'm going to attend them believe me but I'm not going to allow them to darken my christmas to where I'm missing the focus about what it truly is and that's about Jesus Christ and listen and it's about my family I want to grow with my family during this season I want, to grow, I want us to, to, to be able to connect better. I want you to be able to connect with your family. There's nothing stronger other than Jesus Christ in our lives and relationship that you should have on this earth, and that is your earthly family. And then the third person here who really missed out during this season, he's a villain in this story, and that is King Herod. And this is probably the saddest of them all, to be honest. He's a secondary character, but he had a lot of important role. He ruled over Judea for many decades prior to Jesus' birth. He was a ruthless king who had heard of a future king being born. And he started to gain interest, or I guess we could call it jealousy maybe, to search out what was happening, what was going on. God himself did more to reach King Herod than practically he did to reach any other person in the Christmas story. God did more to try to have a relationship with Herod than any other one. God orchestrated, watch this, God orchestrated the cosmos so Herod's advisors would tell him that something changed in the stars. God sent men from the far east to Herod to say that we are looking For the new king. So much that God wanted to have a relationship with Herod. God fulfilled hundreds of years of prophecy. Right before his eyes. But yet Herod completely rejected Jesus. Herod didn't send a delegation to greet Jesus. Rather as you read through the scriptures. You understand that he sent a death squad. To try and kill him. How could someone miss such a meaningful moment? You know, I say that because I look at us and I go, how could we miss right now such a meaningful moment? How could we allow so much going on that we could miss such a meaningful moment or meaningful season as we are in right now? Um... What God is trying to say and impress never makes it through because our hearts become so hard. Watch this. With Herod, a lot of scholars believe that at this time and season in his life that he was overcome with some type of a disease and, and, and one that uh, they, they feel was, was brought a lot of pain and a lot of turmoil, a lot of torment into his life and so that much so that have you ever tried to talk to somebody that's gone through a lot? Have you ever had to have a conversation, a meaningful conversation with someone and you know that they're not listening to you one bit? You know, sometimes I stand up here and I think that all the time. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I had to break something in there. It's getting kind of quiet on me. But have you ever looked at someone and tried to have a meaningful conversation with them and, and they're shaking your head at you like, yeah, I get it. But, you know, their attention is like way over there. I wonder if sometimes God feels that way when he's trying to communicate to us. When he's trying to speak into our lives. And here's what we do. our head, Our, our head nodding and shaking is when we kind of come into the house of worship. Yeah, God. Yeah. Yeah i got to be somewhere at 1210. Please, Pastor, hurry. Yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. i got to go cut a Christmas tree down. What? You know, yeah, God. Yeah. Are you following me? We get so caught up in so much that we miss the moments. You know, I look at my boys, and some of you guys, it's funny, because I'm not sure if you're joking or if you're serious or you're getting just tired of hearing stories of my boys, but you know what? You're going to get them. All right? Because this is what God gave me to give to you. But I look, at, I look at, you know, like Carter, he's seven, and having conversation with him sometimes is like, uh-huh, Daddy, uh-huh. And all he cares about is getting back out there and pretending like he's shooting ducks, you know? I'm like, that was pointless, you know what I mean? And I wonder sometimes if God doesn't look at us sometimes and go, you know what, <laughs> that was pointless. No, I don't think he does. In fact, I think God does the opposite. I think he looks at us sometimes and goes, man, I'm going to keep communicating And I'm going to keep talking, and I'm going to keep reaching, and I'm going to keep pouring. And eventually one day it's going to go off in your mind. You're going to be like, ah, now I see. Now I see what you were trying to say. Now I see what you were trying to do. You know, I I somewhat look at Herod here, and, you know, the guy had a great opportunity. had a great opportunity to do something very special. But he squandered that opportunity the first Christmas. Are you going to allow your busy schedule? Are you going to allow that hardened heart, maybe, that you have gone through? Some of you today are sitting here with a hardened heart. You've been betrayed. You've been hurt. You've been talked about. You've been lied on. And that's not, watch this. That's not even just within your circle of friendships. That's not even because of family. That's also within the church. And so what happens is if we grow a hardened heart. To the point of it's so difficult for God to communicate to you so that you can be receptive of what he's trying to say. My prayer, my hope today is that, man, you know what? God, loosen this heart up of mine. You know, I want you to loosen this. I want you to soften this heart. I need you, God, to soften this heart. I need to hear what you want to say. I don't want to miss the meaning of this season that we're in right now. I don't want to allow everything that's going on to disrupt, God, what it is that you want to do in my life and in my family's life. There's a couple things that we can look at to try to maximize that in our lives, and that's this. Number one, we need to learn to prioritize relationships over rituals. Don't allow the busyness to rob us of getting to know the people who are close to us. Don't allow relationships to become secondary during this season. You know, if you exit this season with a completed to-do list, but you have no deeper relationships to the people that you are close to, then you have missed what this season has to offer. Who cares if everything doesn't get bought and shotgun doesn't get bought? (laughs) Who cares if, you know... The decorations don't look right. Who cares? Who cares if the battery runs dead on the truck before the float? Who cares? Some of you don't get that. Some of you do. Why stress Pastor Kevin over that? I don't know. Who cares about all that stuff? Let's relax. Let's have a moment. God. You know what? Let's just chill. What is it you want to do, God? What is it you want to do in my life? What is, you know what, God, let's sit down for a moment. Let's stop standing. Sometimes I find myself that I can be communicating with my sons and we can be having conversation. And I've learned this with them that if I'm standing over them looking at them and trying to communicate to them, it doesn't necessarily work. In fact, to you new, some of you, well, you guys aren't new, but you, you know you, you're getting there. But you're new. You know sometimes you got to get to their level. You know sometimes, sometimes watch this. Sometimes you just got to take a break from everything going on. I've told you this story, you know, kind of stories about with my boys all the time, that I could be so caught up in something and I'm just spitting out orders to them. Sometimes I got to go. Well, you know what? Whew. What is it you got to say? What is it you want to talk to me about? That's when the connection really happens. Sometimes in our lives, man, spiritually, we just got to go, you know what? I got to sit down with God for a minute. God, what is it you want to say? What is it you're trying to talk to me about today? What is it that you're wanting to pour into my life? Give me the golden nuggets that I need to get through this struggle that I'm in right now. Give me that food that I need to... To, to, to fill that gap that's going on inside of me, to give me that energy again to serve you more. Give me that something, Lord, and, and God, only you know what that something is. But whatever it is, God, give it to me so that I can be re-energized and you and I can get back into this thing, man, and let's, let's win some souls for the kingdom. Amen? <laughs> Mark chapter 11, verse 25 says this. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, ooh, watch this one. Forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive your sins. One of the biggest things that I, I I find in relationships with the struggles is we hold offense to what people have done. Doesn't look, I'm not discrediting if they've hurt you. I'm not doing that. If they've hurt you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you've been hurt. I've been hurt. We've all been hurt. But, man, we can't hold on to that mess. We can't hold on to that stuff any longer. You're in a prison. You are shackled up. And the longer you hold on to the offense that someone has done to you, you're holding off the blessing that God can pour into you. You need to break this chain. You need to stop that. You need to go, but God, release me right now, Father. God, you know what? Right now, I'm just going to pray. God, I pray for anyone in this room right now who may be holding any offense toward anyone. My words mean nothing. But your word means everything. And God, your scripture tells us, Lord, we cannot hold offense. So, Father, I'm praying for everyone in this room who may be holding offense in some way. God, that they can find it within inside themselves and say, you know what, Lord? Enough is enough. I release this to you today. And God, I ask that you would break that chain in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Then the other thing is this. We need to meet others' needs over my wants. Who's got something you want? What, what is, has anybody got something you want during this Christmas season? Think about it. Ain't nobody raising their hand. That's cool. I do. All right. But is there something you want? I found that that it's better for us to meet others' needs over my want. I do. Watch this. I believe this completely. When I meet others' needs, I bless others. God blesses me back. I'm going to totally destroy your thinking though. Because here's what we think. If I'm going to bless somebody monetarily, God's going to just throw the money at me. It's going to be fantastic. There's going to be a, and this has happened in people's life, and I'm not discrediting it. I think that's great. I'm going to open the mailbox. There's going to be a fat check right there. It's going to meet my needs. Man, that's awesome. I hope that happens for you. Or you know what? I'm going to bless somebody, and God's just going to give me a spouse like that. Make sure it's the right one. Make sure it's the right one, all right? Or, you know, I'm going to meet somebody's needs and, and God's just going to give me a new job right out of nowhere. And it's going to be fantastic because I met somebody's needs. But you know what happens most of the time? We will go and we'll try, to, we'll try that formula. You know, one plus one equals a million. We're hoping to get the million. Okay. We'll try that formula. And what typically happens is, is we look back and we go, well, I did this, 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 and I got nothing in return. See if I give on that do that angel tree thing giving tree Watch this When we offer to bless other people God does bless us back but here's how he blesses us back in your purpose What does that mean in what he designed you to do That's how God blesses you in return It's not it's not that Big fat check in the mail. It's not always that new relationship. No, God blesses you in his purpose for your life. In other words, what is the will of God for you? He's going to bless you in that so that you can fulfill it. Because God never starts something that he doesn't finish. He's going to finish it. So God's going to bless you in it. Um, Matthew chapter 20, verses 28 says this. For even the Son of Man came not to be, what? Served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So watch this. You want to encounter Jesus. Jesus loves people. Okay, we get that, right? Jesus loves people. So if Jesus loves people and we start loving people, guess who you're going to run into? Jesus loves us. He loves you. So if I'm going to love you back, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to meet Jesus. And there's nothing greater. And then watch this one. Keep holy days over holidays. Do you know holidays actually comes from the old English language, which was referred to as holy days? You know, the problem is that holidays don't have much holy, right, in them any longer. You know, God created a lot of holidays. If you look at the Jewish calendar, it's full of them. Lots of feasts. Lots of things going on. Why did he do that? So people could connect within their relationships. That's why. And if they were connecting within their relationships and they were loving people, loving one another, and God loves them then who were they going to run into? God himself. Throughout the Old Testament, God mandated those through the law. Now, here's a couple of things that we need to do. Number one is this, we need to stop. If you really want to maximize what really matters, you need to make a decision to minimize what doesn't. Think about it. It means you just need to stop. What's going on that's not a necessity that doesn't have to be? That's interfering with what maybe God is wanting to do. Stop. But I can't. Yes, you can. Just stop getting involved. Stop overdoing it. Stop throwing more and more and more onto your busy schedule. Because after all, your schedules aren't getting any less busy. So stop making the excuse that you're so busy, but yet you're adding more onto it. Learn to begin to say no. No to different things. No, we can't go do that. No, that can't be. No, we're not cutting another tree down. And then become spiritually engaged. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. In other words, making a decision that this will be the most spiritual year that you have ever had during the Christmas season. People who are not engaged spiritually cannot recognize what God has given them. And then the next last I'm going to close here is this. Let's see it from God's perspective. Let's just see, see things from God's perspective. The difference between a holy day and a holiday is how you see it. So, what does God think when he hears Christmas? I know what you think, I know what I think, but what does God think? I don't think God thinks of decorations and parades and trees. I don't think he even thinks of Christmas carols. What God hears about Christmas and what God thinks of is this He hung on a tree. What we think of Christmas is presents, but what God thinks of it is how Jesus made a way for him to be present in our lives. When we think of Christmas, we think of family gatherings. God thinks of all he did to adopt us as a family. When we think of Christmas, we think of what we can get. When God thinks of Christmas, he thinks of all he gave to gain relationship with you. Christmas to God is a reminder to him that everything that he has done for you. When we think of things this way, our holidays become holy days. Will you stand with me this morning? So, my hope, charge, prayer, expectation right now is that in your life during this busy Christmas season, and we're going to get into more things in the next coming weeks, but is that we learn to stop. We learn to become spiritually engaged. You know, we learn to take time and learn to say no to different things. We, we learn to sit down for a moment and say, God, what is it? What is it, God? What, 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 what do you want to say to me? How, what do you want to communicate to me? But you know, really before God can do any of that is this. We need to accept His Son as our Savior. So I'm going to ask this every about every I close. Before we go any further into what we're going to do this morning, I need to ask this question. And It's not Christmas right now, Christmas Day, but today could be Christmas for someone spiritually in their life. And that is this. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to get to know him today as your Lord and Savior. I want you to be able to make that commitment and say, Pastor, today I want Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Today I want to make that commitment. Today, Pastor, I want to make that decision. With no one looking, if that is you, and you feel in your heart that today is the day for salvation in your life, you want to make that commitment. Just raise your hand real quick.